It's the Perry and Shauna podcast on the real life journey with you, reminding you that you are Abba's beloved child and that Jesus has called you into his massive mission to heal the world. I am so excited that you're listening right now because we have Rachel Scott with us this morning. She is a devoted wife. She's a mother and an Ohio native, and she has um, she went to Kansas State and got her MBA from University of Mary. She's the founder of I Can't Come Down Move. I I can't come down movement. I got to hear more about that. I can't come yeah. down movement. She's a Bible teacher. She's a podcast host. She has a desire to just inspire believers in their walk and in their purpose and their assignment as they boldly take leaps of faith. Good morning, Rachel. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you so much, Shana, for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Okay. Tell me about the I can't come down movement. That That's an interesting name. Yes. Yeah, so it came from the book of Nehemiah where he is on the wall and the enemy is coming at him and trying to get him to come off of that wall. He says, look, I'm working on something great and I can't come down. Mm -hmm. And so it's just a reminder to people that God has called us to do some great work in our homes and our communities and our family. And the enemy is going to constantly try his hand at it. But we have to remember that we are rebuilding the wall of faith and we can't come down. That's so good. I'm very excited about the book. We're talking about uh, Rachel's brand new book this morning, Taking the Five Leaps. But before we get into that, I just want our listeners to get to know you a little bit and I want the opportunity yeah. too to hear how did you meet Jesus and 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 not just even meet him but like how did you fall so in love with him that you decided to give him your whole heart and your whole life Oh, I just, I love this question. So I grew up in the church and uh, my my family, they were all somehow connected to the ministry. But in my teen years, of course, I went through the teen time. So if you have kids that are going through the teen time, it is, it's, it's normal. But Jesus just, he just would not let me go. He wouldn't mm-hmm. let me go astray too far. So um, in my early 20s, I rededicated my life to Christ. And I just been honestly following him ever since. Of course, I've had some highs and some lows, but I remember people telling me when I was a little girl, I would wake up in the morning and I would read the Bible. And I believe God always took me back to that place where as a little girl, I just had a love and a passion Mm. for Jesus and his word and growing closer to him. I mean, waking up in in the early hours. Now, I wish I could say early hours were my thing now. (laughs) You're up early now, girl. It's seven o'clock. You're up early and done and looking good. Yes. (laughs) I'm impressed. thank, Thank you. This is not all, all the time thing. But um, I'm I'm just thankful because he continued to pursue me. He didn't give up on me. And I knew in my 20s that he had called me to do something uh, great. It's something beyond my own ability to understand. So I began to lean into that. And um, just he's opened so many amazing doors and shown me his love and grace in every area of my life. Wow. I want to, I feel like you're kind of cracking open the door of, of a question I'm curious about as we step into the conversation of the book, these, you know, taking these five leaps and like long before you ever decided you were going to write a book, God started doing something in your heart. Like where did the seed get planted that this is a topic that you're so passionate about that you, you know, you'd write a whole book about it? Yeah, that's so good. You know, I believe so many of us have felt God calling us to do different things, but a lot of times we don't respond or we don't know how to respond because we don't know how to respond. And so over the years, I had taken so many different, made so many different transitions in my own life that I believe were acts of faith. They weren't just me doing something. They were Hmm. me walking in obedience to God. But I didn't necessarily look at it as that. It just was a part of my natural personality. But there were also many Hmm. times where I didn't do it out of fear. And I believe the combination of 
doing it because God told me to and not doing certain things out of fear led me to writing this book because there was a moment in time where I had a conversation and we'll talk about it with someone. And that created just this light bulb moment of questions that I started to ask God. You set up such a tease just a minute ago, Rachel. You're talking about a conversation you had that was a bit of a game changer, a life changer for you. Can you take us to that conversation? Yes. So I was actually mentoring someone who was a writer. I love working with writers. And so she was writing and I was connecting with her, but she was also a healthcare provider. And she came to this moment where she was wondering, like, do I have to walk away from everything in order for me to follow this passion, to follow Mm -hmm. this calling I believe God has given me? And so during our call, I just encouraged her and just reminded her, like, you know, that God will want her to, to remain and stay in the healthcare industry right now and to continue to pray about it. Like we don't have all the answers, so we have to pray about it. Mm -hmm. But after that call, there's two things that I always do when I'm not sure what to do. And the first thing is I I pray, I Mm -hmm. ask God. And the second thing is I listen. Mm -hmm. So I ask God two very specific questions. Um, Is there only one way to take a leap of faith? Because I had done it too. I walked away from everything multiple times thinking that that was the only way. And then the second question I asked him was, who in the Bible has done this? So I've learned to be very specific, like who in the Bible has actually done this? And from that, he began to unfold just those five different ways that people throughout the Bible have taken leaps of faith. Ooh, that's so good. I mean, the first one that comes to mind is like Abraham, Abraham, you know, not knowing where he's going and like God's like, go. And it's the whole because I said so. Right. Like to Mm -hmm. like his conversation with Simon Peter, like, go ahead and put down your nets. I'm up. Thanks for the use of your boat, by the way. I'm going to leave you a little something, something. So just go ahead and drop (laughs) your nets because you say so. Because you say so. I'll do it. That's so good. I I really want to dive into the, the word calling. Because I, f- I think, I don't know that we use that outside of the church, do we? Do people say, I feel called to be a, a dentist if right. they're not walking with the Lord? I don't know. But I think, you know, there, there's a lot of different words that kind of define what we step into, whether it's a, a project or an assignment or calling or purpose. Or Can you kind of unpack those for me a little bit? Yeah, so... I like to say it this way, calling and vision are the what. So what is God telling you and what is God showing you? You know, so what is God telling you as he is calling you and what is he actually showing you? A lot of times we see things and we sense things and just being aware to that. While the purpose is, why is God asking you to do this? What is the purpose behind it? And then the assignment is the fun part, which is how we actually get to do it. How does that assignment, how does that purpose get fulfilled? So that's kind of how I break down each of each of them. It's the what, the why, and the how. Okay. Could you give me an example and take me through each of those stages with like using a specific example? Yeah. So when I think about calling, I think about just the idea of, you know, I'm starting to get this nudging that God wants me to do something, that he wants to shift something in my life. And so I, it may be, I may hear something on the radio and it's going in line with this direction that I feel that he's calling me or, you know, a sermon, or as I'm reading the word, I'm like, ah, this is something that God is telling me to do. The vision is when it starts to become a little more clear, when I start to see how everything can come together, 
um, while the purpose, I say that we all have the same purpose, which is to bring people into the kingdom of God. So when I bring calling and vision together, it should somehow fulfill that purpose as a big picture um, umbrella, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And then the assignment is how I'm going to do that, whether I'm doing that as a stay at home mom, whether I'm doing that as a nurse, whether I'm doing that, you know, uh, in, in, as a Bible teacher, how is it that I'm going to help fulfill that purpose? Mm -hmm. But my calling and my vision are those first two points where I start to feel that God is leading me into something that may be different from what I'm doing already. I got to tell you, Rachel, there's like a part of me that's sitting on the edge of my seat and like, yeah, let's do it. Like I carry my passport, like adventure, let's go. And yet at the same time, I have a really good friend who knows me really well, who, who has explained life to me this way. Shauna, you you measure and then like you get down at eye level and then you measure again and then you check one more time, you know, and I mean, I see this in my life, like God tells me to do something and I'll spend like what you're going to give up for Lent, right? Like I'll spend three months preparing and planning what I'm going to give up for Lent. And he's like, (laughs) knock, knock. Hey, baby, it's it's day one. It's Ash Wednesday. It's go time, you know, so this taking leaves is exciting and both foreign to me. So help me, help me to understand by just like telling me a time in your life, take me there when you had to, to take a leap and what that looked like and, and how you experienced God's faithfulness in that. Yes. So uh, there's five different leaps and one of them is called the builder's leap. And that's when you temporarily walk away from something, but you end up going back. But a lot of people don't realize that you actually uh, are being called to go back into it. So Hmm. for me, it was I had stepped away from my job to homeschool my two youngest children. And I was so excited about it. And I was like, yes, I'm going to be a homeschool mom. This is super exciting. You know, the first year, as you know, was a little bit rougher. And then the second year, I thought I had a hang of it. By the third year, I still didn't know what I was doing. But I was was still committed to the process. But eventually, they were ready to go back to to public school. And I took that really hard because Mm -hmm. that was not part of what I wanted to do. But as I look back on that time, I believe there was a season that God wanted me to homeschool my children. And part of that is because he wanted me to be able to equip them in the home to know how to handle certain things outside of the home. So that season was up mm. and I thought that I had failed. I thought I did something wrong because my kids didn't want to continue homeschooling. And if I sent them back to public school, that's like a no-no in the homeschool world. Yeah. <laughs> but I knew that he told me to do it. And so yeah. I ended up sending them back and I realized that was a temporary assignment. And, you know, one thing that I always say is we have to be careful not to make a pit stop a permanent stop. Hmm. And so often it it becomes a permanent stop when God is like, that is, that was just for a moment and it's okay. Wow. Like I am releasing you to send them back. Yeah. I, I can see in my own life how spiritually like maturity is, is agility, <laughs> you know, where yeah. I tend to yes. think like maturity is like being immovable, right. but God's Ooh, always good. doing something new. And so being agile and being attentive to what he's saying. So even you, you had talked a, a few minutes ago earlier in the conversation about listen, praying and then listening. Yeah. It's not like that's step one and then we go step two, step two, three. Like we keep praying and we keep listening and we keep responding yes. to what God's doing in the moment. Thank you for that. Because I think, I think a lot of times we do feel called into something and we feel like it's forever. 
So how do you, when you've responded in obedience in a season and you've done what God has asked you to do, how do you know when that season is coming to an end? I I feel like in your time with God, he reveals it. And I knew just because there was a shift in the home that spoke more to, okay, this time is coming to an end. But then there were different confirmations that came along that gave me a sense of peace. But I want to say that one thing that I've learned is obedience to God has to become a non-negotiable. And when we we have to trust that we hear God's voice. And like you said earlier, we are his sheep. We hear his voice. The more that we instantly obey, the easier it is for us to hear his voice and know that even though it is not something that's comfortable, it is still him. And that's where that's that's what happened is I realized this is his voice. This is him. And the evidence of it came later when he began to really take me into the book writing and really take me into something that I knew I couldn't have done had I been homeschooling. So it became very clear later on down the road. And as we were wrapping up the conversation, our last conversation, Rachel, I was I was saying the name of your book, and it's Taking Five Leaps, Experiencing God's Faithfulness as You Respond to His Call. Yeah. And I think a lot of times we want to experience His faithfulness, but we, as we wait, instead of like <laughs> as, as we act and as we step into it, talk a bit about the necessary part of that leap of, of, of actually doing something about what God's saying. Yes, that's the that's the key right there is the action, is the actual execution of what God has called us to do. And we see that throughout the Bible, that he partners with the movement. Mm. He partners with us actually taking action. So we have to actually um, move in it. It's an active word. It is not a passive word. God wants us to be moving in a direction of something. And this this makes me think about the, the idea of what I call a leaping lifestyle. A leaping mm. lifestyle is an active movement. It means that we're always ready ready for God to call us into something, that we're always looking for what is he calling me to do next to fulfill the assignment that he's given me for the purpose of bringing people into the body of Christ. So as we respond to his call is all centered around understanding that we're not going to be stagnant as followers. We have Mm. this one life and this one life should lead people to Christ. Our life should lead people to Christ. But at the end of the day, we want him to say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. And in order for that to happen, it's going to have to be us moving um, from our comfort zone, from our insecurities, from our uncertainties into the will that he has for us. That's so good. You know, you hear people use the words like, well... I guess I'm just going to have to trust God. And it almost feels like a resigning, like I'm just going to sit on my couch and trust Jesus instead of leaning. I mean, trusting Jesus is it's living a leaping lifestyle. Yes, it it is. It's saying I'm going to I'm going to respond. You said it last. uh, I think the last conversation, but that obedience to God is non-negotiable. Yes. And in John 4, he tells us that the way that we say I love you to him is by our obedience. He's like, you want yeah. me to know that I love you? Or you want me to know that you love me? Show me. Right. Show me with right. the way that you love. So as we, we're talking about assignments, and we're talking about vision, and we're talking about calling and all of these things, if there's somebody listening right now and their thought is, ah, I missed it. I, I know God spoke. I know... He told me what I was supposed to do, and I don't know, maybe I was afraid. Maybe I felt like I just was ill-equipped. I didn't feel worthy. Whatever. I just, I didn't do it. Yeah. Did, did they miss their window? Like, what would you say to that person today? 
Yeah. You know, there's two things I will say. God can do more with your willingness than he could ever do with your worthiness. So if your heart has shifted to being willing to do what he called you to do, then the second thing I will say is go back to the last thing he told you. Go back there and see what he wants to reveal to you about how to move forward now. That is such a good word. Go back to the last thing that God told you and be about it. Man, I think so often we're sitting and we're waiting. Like, God, just speak and just show me what you want me to do. And we, I have experienced in my own life that following Jesus means I have to move. Like, yes. we can't just sit and follow. If you're going to follow, you have to get up and you have to move. But also, I feel like every time God has given me something to do and I've actually done it, I feel like he's handing me a key. And I have the option to put it in the keyhole and turn the knob and walk through a doorway. And then I come into this whole new space. Yes. And then he gives me another key. And it's he's leading. He's leading us somewhere. Oh, that's so good. That's yeah. so good. I, I totally agree. That is what this is all about. That's a leaping lifestyle. We are almost a week into Lent now, and as we were approaching Lent, I was praying and I was asking God, Lord, is there something you want me to give up? Actually, I'll be honest, I was thinking, what do I, what should I give up for Lent? And I thought, oh, it'd be probably really good if I gave up chocolate. And then I even had the thought at one point, like, maybe I should give up coffee. Ooh. Or like any beverage other than water and just drink water for the 40 days and not, I mean, eat food and whatnot, but like not drink any other beverages like coffee or tea or anything like that. Well, you drink decaf coffee for the most part, right, Shauna? I did. I'm on, I'm back on caffeine right now. Oh, good job. I was going to say, if you're drinking decaf coffee, as uh, Scott Curtis here would say, that's coffee with no purpose. Coffee with no purpose. No, I've been drinking very purposeful coffee lately. Okay. Excellent. But I was thinking all these things, like what should I give up? And then... I was like, all of these same things seem like options or something that I could do, but I don't feel like the Lord is asking me to give up chocolate or coffee. Okay. And so I prayed about it and I was like, Lord, what should I give up? And I'm telling you, I was a little bit taken aback by his response. Mm. I felt like his answer to me was, I want you to give me your time. Mm. That's what I thought. I was like, well, <laughs> okay. Okay. But what does that look like? What, like, what do you sure. mean by your time? Because I already have a s practice of meeting with the Lord and spending time with him. You know, I do my devotions and I've got kind of a routine of listening to an audio devotion on the way into work. And then when the show is done, I sit and open up scripture and read and journal mm. and, and pray. And so I kind of feel like I already am giving him my time. You very much schedule your time though with the I Lord, do don't very you? much schedule my time. Yes. And that's the thing that he was getting you know, too, I think with me was, yeah, you do do all of those things. I want you to give me the time that's not scheduled. I want to be a part of your day in all the other moments. And so I was like, okay, I don't know exactly what this is going to look like. But as I thought about time and giving the Lord my time over the Lent season, it's interesting that we use the word spend in regards to money yeah. and in regards to time. And I think that's rightfully so. You only get 24 hours in a day. You have to steward them well. <laughs> and I think when it comes to budgeting my time, I'm even more stingy than I am with budgeting my money. I'm like an old miser. I'm very protective of my time. And I think we spend time on the things that we value, just like we spend money mm -hmm. on the things that we value might not agree with the way other people spend their time or the way that other people spend their money, but we will invest in 
and we will spend on the things that matter the most to us. And so the more I thought about that, I thought, man, I really feel like that's what the Lord is getting at. Yeah. I've never actually, you know, with, with spending on what we value, I've not a huge fan of going to concerts. Hmm. In fact, I've never gone to a concert that I've actually paid for. It's just not something I value. I don't, I don't see enjoyment in that. So I don't spend my money on it. On it. Sure. So yeah, it's, it's, it's not a value right. or something in that in, that's important to me. Right. And like my youngest daughter really, really values experiences way more than any kind of like physical, tangible thing. She would rather have a night at a concert than mm-hmm. a necklace, mm-hmm. you know, of high value. It's mm-hmm. just, it's what we, what we value gets our time and gets our money and gets our attention. And I think that's what the Lord was getting at with me was what we spend our time on actually reveals what has our affection. And God wants my affection. Mm. So for the last week, I've been just a little bit more intentional about asking the Lord in my quote unquote free time, Lord, is this something you want me doing right now? I'll be scrolling through social media and I'll be like, Lord, is this how you want me to spend my time? And there've been times when he's just really shifted my activities from what I was doing to something else entirely. I feel like I've been more present with the people that I'm with over the last week, Mm. just because I'm more aware of God's presence in that moment. And I'm able to enjoy the people that I'm with a little bit more and my moments with them, knowing this is, you know, where God has me right now and what he's, what he wants me to do. And, And instead of being, like a slave to my calendar and going, you know, checking the watch and being like, I got to move on to the next thing because there's something on my calendar. I'm saying, Lord, is this where you want me to be? And is this what you want me to be doing? It's been really, really good. And I'm only seven, six days in. Six days. (laughs) Six days in at this point. But Ephesians 5, 15 through 16 has something to say a little bit about how we spend our time. It says this, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. And there's another translation that says making the best use of time or redeeming the time or making the most of your time. I do think that time reveals our affections. So with that being said, what does how you spend your time say about your affections? Would you want to spend more time with the Lord today? because of your love for him. I got a question for you. Hmm. Does God want you to be happy? I don't think he wants us to be sad or upset, but at the same time, I don't think he's terribly concerned about our emotions. I think it can be, ooh, wait, hang on a minute. I want to poke into that. You don't think he's terribly concerned about our emotions? Uh, I think he is. And at the same time, uh, I think if if we're upset about little things uh, that are happening, you know, maybe I'm upset I didn't win the lottery. I don't think he gives a hoot about that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So the whole idea about God caring about my emotions, I was kind of wrestling with this. I've always felt like my, like guilty about my emotions, like Somehow they were frustrating to God, or maybe he didn't care. And I can't remember how long ago it was. I just kind of went on this journey of realizing, it was recent, like in the Mm. last year or so, that God created emotions. Mm. They were his idea. They're not actually a result of the fall. 
he's an emotional person mm-hmm. and he gave us emotions. So it's okay to feel it's. And I, and I do think that God cares about what we feel, but when it comes to this question of, does God want me to be happy? I feel like, <laughs> I feel like you see what I did there. Uh. Um, I've heard people say, make a decision and then use the sentence, well, God wants me to be happy as a justification for something that's not godly. And Mm. that's where I feel like we go off the rails a little bit. Like I had a friend who divorced her husband and the reason that she gave him was, I'm not happy in our marriage and God wants me to be happy. Ah. (laughs) It's not that God doesn't want you to be happy. It's, I guess that really comes down to... Who gets to decide Mm. what happiness is? Okay, let me try to unpack this a little bit. The whole idea that I can divorce my husband or I can do um, what goes against Scripture and what goes against what God says he wants for me because it's what I want, that doesn't sit right with me. That doesn't sound right to me because I don't believe that God wants us to get a divorce so that we can be happy. In the Bible, God says that. Marriage yeah. is a picture of a mm-hmm. covenant relationship that's forever and ever and ever. But believing that God wants me to be happy, I don't think that's wrong either. So it can be a little bit confusing. I believe God does want me to be happy. And maybe the better question is, do you trust God knows what will make you happy? Maybe that's the question. Because when we take lordship of our lives and we decide the, these are the things that bring me joy, this is what makes me happy, and I'm going to pursue everything that makes me happy, we make a mess of our lives. It's kind of like maybe you've heard the, you know, follow your heart, like listen to your heart. No, your heart is <laughs> deceitful above all things. Yes. That's what the scripture says. Don't follow heart, your heart. Don't trust your heart. Trust God. Trust scripture. Trust what is true. When we do trust that God knows what's best for us when we're yielded to the Holy Spirit. I think that's where we find happiness, not in determining happiness and pursuing it and saying, I'm doing this because God wants me to be happy. It's a little bit mixed up, I think. Well, it can also then, you know, with the term God wants me to be happy, you know, maybe some people seek happiness in sin. Mm -hmm. That's... wrong right (laughs) that's not that's not correct and maybe a way to kind of understand like okay so what does what does god say about happiness what does the bible say about happiness well the word blessed is actually translated happy Mm. in proverbs 28 14 and this is what it says blessed or happy is the one who always trembles before god but whoever hardens their heart falls into trouble in other words the person who fears God, the person who follows God, the person who loves God, the, the person who, who stays tenderhearted towards God, that's where happiness is found. Mm. So our happiness wasn't meant to be found in our marriage. I'm sorry if that's hurtful or you don't like hearing that. It's a tough word. Right? But, but that's not where the true meaning of happiness comes from. In fact, The Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord, Psalm 37, 4. And the Bible says, be glad in the Lord, Psalm 32, 11. And the Bible says, rejoice in the Lord, Philippians 3, 1. And the Bible says, rejoice always, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16. And the Bible says, to do your acts of mercy with cheerfulness in Romans 12, 8. And the Bible says, to serve the Lord with gladness, Psalm 102. I'm not, I'm not trying to be a jerk about it. I'm just saying 
if we define what happiness is and then justify it by saying that God wants us to be happy, I'm just afraid you're not going to actually experience the deep happiness that God actually wants for you. The happiness that we long for in life is found in God and in God alone. So does God want you to be happy? Yeah. Heck yeah, he wants you to be happy. He wants you to be happy in him. Thanks for letting Perry and Shauna walk the real life journey with you. The content from the Perry and Shauna podcast comes from their live show, Perry and Shauna Mornings on 89.3 Moody Radio, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Reach out to us by texting 800-968-8930 and please subscribe.